Oh, one more time, clap your hands in the house tonight. Woo! Hallelujah. Somebody said, I, I, I just having a difficult time because uh, I'm, I'm believing God for it, but, but it just hadn't happened yet. Uh, how many of you remember the Bible said uh, that faith uh, is the substance, shout to your neighbor, substance of things uh, that are hoped for. Hope has substance and it's called faith. And it's the evidence, shout to your neighbor, evidence of things uh, that are not yet uh, seen. Uh, tell your neighbor, faith uh, has evidence. Faith has substance uh, and it has evidence uh, in the midst uh, of what you can't even see yet. Uh, so my praise, my praise is substance uh, and my praise uh, is evidence uh, that what I have not yet seen uh, is about to come uh, to pass. I dare somebody uh, to take about 60 seconds uh, and praise him uh, for what you haven't even seen yet uh, and shout uh, over what you haven't even seen. Uh, come on. Uh, Praise Him in faith tonight. I'll shout now. You can do it later. I'll praise you now. You can do it later. Yes. Yes. If you know the Bible said that without faith, tell your neighbor without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. That means that God doesn't want you to live your life based off of the circumstances that you can see. God's measuring tape for your walk with him is how you respond in the absence of what you cannot see tonight. And so you gotta live by faith. We don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. I'm praising God for things that haven't even happened yet. I'm believing God for things I can't even see yet. But I know that his word is true. I know that he's a faithful God. So I'll give him the praise and I'll call things that are not as though they already were. Let the weak I'm strong. Let the poor say I. Come on. Give him a faith praise tonight. Give him a faith praise tonight. Yes. Shout yes. On this Tuesday night. Somebody ought to make the devil nervous and shout yes! I know I'm supposed to be discouraged, but yes! I know I'm supposed to be tired, but yes! I know I'm supposed to be sad, but yes! Shout yes! Woo! Come on, one more time, put those hands together in this sanctuary. Glory! Glory! Grab your seat if you can. Grab your seat if you can. Tell somebody on the way to your seat, you're looking good tonight. Tell somebody praise looks good on you. Praise looks good on you. Woo! Anybody grateful for what we feel in this building right now? Lord, have mercy. 
My, 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 my. I want to keep going, but I feel something rumbling uh, under the surface of the atmosphere uh, in this house right now. My God, my God, my God, I feel somebody present. I feel somebody present in this place. for me there's something about a, a saint of God that has predetermined in their mind before they ever got here uh, that I'm going to touch the hem uh, of his garment uh, when they show up uh, it doesn't matter what anybody else uh, is doing uh, they're pressing their way uh, into the presence uh, of the king uh, I've got to touch him uh, I've got to feel his glory uh, You can be seated for the third time. Or you can stand, I don't care. Woo! Welcome to church on Tuesday night at the Rock Church. Anybody thankful for what God's been doing around this house? Come on, anybody grateful for what the Lord's been doing in this place? I'm telling you what, we... We have been experiencing the glory of God in such a powerful, powerful way. I want to say how thrilled I am to be home tonight. Amen. Amen. I am glad to be home. I traveled, I traveled 4,400 miles this weekend round trip, preached four services, taught a two-hour session, and got back home on one hour of sleep. When I stepped into this place tonight, I feel like I could run through a troop, uh, leap over a building. There's just something about being in this house. Amen. I'm so grateful for what, for what the Lord is doing. How many of you thank God for the incredible ministry that was represented here on Sunday in my absence? Come on, how many of you thank God for the anointing on some of the, the ministers in this house and thank God for them and the great word that they preached and thank all of you for being so faithful to the kingdom of God, to the house of the Lord. I'm grateful that I don't have preacher religion. I don't come to church depending on who's preaching and who's not preaching and who's here. Come on, I, I, I ain't got that kind of religion. I've got to walk with God. I'm part of the body of Christ. And I want to say thank you to this church for remaining so faithful in, in my absence and, and, and just rearing back and having church, amen, on, on Friday night of this past week in our Port-au-Prince camp, uh, campus. Robenson was received the Holy Ghost on Friday night at our Port-au-Prince campus. And then on Sunday morning right here, Gary was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost on Sunday morning. Then on Sunday night at our Port-au-Prince campus, uh, Venice was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Chris Noor was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. 
Valmy was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Somebody ought to shout over that tonight. Amen. And then I got the report we had about 146 people in Bible studies last week. How many of you thank God for that tonight? Amen. God's doing some amazing things. I, I think I, I, I met with uh, Brother and Sister Ramirez, who are the directors of our Bible study development team. How many of you thank God for their great leadership? And uh, I think they told me that after this current batch of Bible study teachers that are in training, that we'll have over 60, I think was the number, yeah, over 60 Bible study teachers that are rocking and rolling in this church. How many of you know it's the will of God for all of us to be Bible study teachers? Come on, raise both of those hands in the air. Amen, amen. You say, Bishop, I, 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 I don't know how to teach a Bible study. Well, let me let you in on a little secret. Every Bible study teacher did not know how to teach a Bible study until they started teaching a Bible study. That's profound, isn't it? <laughs> and chances are that when you teach a Bible study, no matter what level of experience you're at, you probably know a whole lot more than the person you're going to be speaking to. But beyond that, God has called you. God has anointed you. God has equipped you to be a soul winner. Amen? How many of you believe that tonight? How many of you know that's the truth? That's the Word of God. Amen. And so, so if, you, if you're not yet involved in teaching Bible studies, or well, we're not just going to throw you out there. Uh, we've got a whole system and a program to help train you and support you. And we'll send you on a tag team Bible study to shadow people. I mean, whatever it takes to win a soul. Amen? Amen. So I'm excited about that everything that God's doing. How many of you are excited about Easter Sunday that's coming up April the 4th, just a couple of weekends away? God's going to be doing some great, great things. Grab everybody you can. We're going to do Easter Sunday kind of like a fifth Sunday, and we're going to have some exciting things available after the service. Probably going to have like a jump house and feed everybody that shows up, I think. I, I don't know. I might be getting myself in trouble right now. But uh, we're going to do something special. It's going to be awesome. And the Holy Ghost is going to show up. Amen. Amen. Stand with me if you would all across this building. We are here tonight in the presence of the Lord. And we have come hungry for the word of the Lord tonight. And uh, we are blessed tonight to have back with us all the way from Michigan, Evangelist Matthew Kreider. Would you help me give him a great big... Rock Church, welcome tonight. Amen. And uh, Brother Kreider, uh, some of you may remember, was with us uh, this past summer. I think it was just a Sunday night that he was able to pop over and be in service with us. And, and um, he and I spoke on the phone, and he was here in the area and uh, had an opening tonight. And so I thought it would just be a great blessing for him to come and bless us with the word of the Lord tonight. How many of you thank God for the five-fold ministry? The five-fold ministry. God designed it so that, that we are blessed by the five-fold ministry. And it takes, I believe it takes the complete five-fold ministry in order to see the hand of God move the way that God wants to move in his church. Amen. And so we're thankful for this great man of God and the anointing that's on his life. We want him to come and preach whatever God has put on his heart tonight. Amen. How many of you believe that God has a word that is designed for us tonight? Would you lift your hands one more time in the presence of the Lord as Brother Kreider comes to deliver the word of God to us tonight? Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise once again. Praise God. Amen. David said, clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And he was speaking as not just a psalmist, but and, and he was a shepherd and he was a king. But David was also a warrior. 
He was a warrior. And being a warrior, he understood that when one army was going to face another army, there were men in those armies that were considered their champions. David and his group had mighty men. And they would prepare themselves. They would, they would go through battle practice, if you would. They would study what they knew about their opponents. And they would seek out in the opposing army that person that got them excited about going into battle. That one that they wanted so badly to defeat. And after all the time that they put in, and all the practice, all the anticipation, when they finally would meet that opponent in battle, now remember, the rest of the army's all fighting as well. And they defeated that foe that they had prepared so intensely for. At the end of it, they wanted to celebrate, but there wasn't a whole lot of people around them that were willing to celebrate with them because they all also were in a battle for their life. And so sometimes you would just have to celebrate all by yourself. Anybody ever had a victory in your life and that saying said, dance like nobody's watching, you got a little excited about it and you started celebrating, got that fist pump in the air, and woo! Man, you might have even snuck off in a little side room somewhere and closed the door acting all coy and, and slick and shut the door. And got Woo! In the house of God, that's welcome, by the way. That's just the norm around here. Hey, man, everybody in this place, if you don't have the victory before this service is over, you can have the victory. And if you have the victory, David said, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. The Lord Most High is terrible. Amen. He is the one that has gotten us the victory. Well, praise the Lord. I'm not just celebrating what I did. I'm celebrating the fact that I wouldn't have victory if it wasn't for the grace of God. Oh, God got involved in my fight. And so when I clap, it's not just for me, it's for Him. And I'm letting the devil know I have an unbeatable team. When God's involved, I'm on an unbeatable team. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You can't tell it like I can. You can't tell it like I can. You don't have to shout with me, but I'm thankful for the victory. Come on, let it roll in the house of God right now. Come on. There's a sound of victory. Triumph has a sound. Overcomers make noise. We're celebrating around here, and we're not in any hurry. We've been in the battle, and now it's time to shout. We've been in the middle of the foray, and now it's time to shout. Ah, oh, hallelujah. It feels good. Every now and then, just in the middle, when your neighbors are getting a little tired. Amen. You just need to think about how victorious God has made you in your life. And just say, Woo! Amen. They may not want to jump, but if you do that, they will. Amen. They may not leap for joy, but they will for fear. Praise God. Amen. Good to be in the Rock Church. Anybody else happy to be in the Rock Church tonight? I'm so glad to be back. And I honor your pastor, not just when I'm in his pulpit traveling I've told so many people many of them already know your pastor very well but I've told them amen how much I respect him and uh, after the year we had last year it's not a great word to use but it's the one that was in my mind I was thinking about your pastor he's infectious Nobody go throwing your mask on right now, but he is infectious. And I have been, I've been in the meetings, the conferences where service had went on and on and on. And 
it's just necessary business, but this, this exhortation, that testimony, this song, that, that offering, and then that offering, and that offering. And then they called your pastor to the pulpit to preach the word of God. And all of them tired folks that thought we should just close this thing down all of a sudden got excited because your pastor's infectious. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> and when you, I told somebody the other day, I said, when you go to the Rock Church in Fort Myers, you have Pastor Williams. And then you've got Pastor Williams everywhere in every part of the service. Amen. And I love that. And Fort Myers was blessed the day that this great man and his wife and family came. Praise God. And I appreciate him very much and his wife and their family. And uh, so thankful to know them. And uh, thankful for the invitation. I'm in the middle of a three-week revival right now. This is my third service outside of that. Still in the middle of a three-week revival. This is my third church to preach in, in the midst of all of that. I'm excited about the work of God. Praise God. Amen. Will you help me preach for a little while tonight? <laughs> all the carnal folks are saying, what do you mean by a little while? Amen. just depends on what that little while means. I understand. Deuteronomy chapter number 30 and verse number 19. Deuteronomy chapter number 30 and verse number 19. Kudos to me for pronouncing Deuteronomy. Praise God. You got to work on that one a little bit. Deuteronomy. In my notes it says dut. It's a lot easier to spell for me. And I don't even know if I got that right. Deuteronomy chapter number 30 and verse number 19. If you're at Revelations, you have gone too far. If you have it, say amen. Moses speaking, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Our, our decisions and choices don't just affect us. Amen. They affect our family. They affect those that watch us. And he said, choose life so that not just you, amen, but also those that are around you and are affected by you may live. That thou mayest love the Lord thy God and that thou mayest obey his voice. All throughout Bible, those two things go together. Love and obedience. That thou mayest obey his voice and that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, to give them. Now please indulge me just for a moment in Joshua chapter number 24, verse 14. Joshua here speaking, now the leader of Israel. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods, little g, little g gods, which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. That's, that's the theme of both of these passages of Scripture is it's a choice and we have to make that choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods, little g, which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. I want to preach to us tonight on this subject. With my back to the door. With my back to the door. Let's lift our voice and ask God to have his way in this place. God, we love you. We thank you for your presence that we have felt saturating every part of this service. You have been here, God, in such a real, such an obvious way. We're so thankful today. We're so privileged, God, to be in your presence. I pray that your word would go forth in this place. 
and that your work would be done in this place. We surrender ourselves to your purpose. Have your way, and we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. And you can be seated in the house of the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, musicians. Didn't they do an awesome job? They did an awesome job. Praise God. Amen. Pastor Williams, not only can he sing in perfect key, but he can preach in perfect key. And I'm, a, I'm afraid I would take them flat. We'd go flat. Praise God. Amen. But I appreciate musicians that are talented as much as these are and give it to God. Praise the Lord. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Amen. Moses was not asking as the leader of Israel for them to make a choice that he himself had not made. The Bible said that Moses forsook Egypt. The present glory of being a part of Pharaoh's palace for the very present oppression among the people of God at the time of his choice that he made. But he forsook, he turned his back on Egypt, and he left that place. He had already made a decision. He had already made a choice. And then God turns around and asks of him, which God does to all of us. We are all Moseses in our own right, that we came out of Egypt, we came out of sin, we came out of the world, amen. Then we come into this place and stand on holy ground in the presence of God, amen. And he said, I'll give you power and you shall be witnesses unto me. I want you to go right back out there as a witness unto me, not blending back in, amen, not trying again to fit in, but to go out and be a shining light, a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Amen. No man having that candle lit hides it under a bushel. Amen. In Sunday school, we said, no, I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine. And so Moses is called back, and at that moment of transition, he is standing there at the burning bush, in his mind, he doesn't know yet what, hap what is happening, what is going to be the call that is going to be placed on him. The call is to go back to Pharaoh, and that's to him a scary proposition. To go back and be back in Egypt, which to anybody would be a scary proposition after how he left Egypt. Amen. And God said, I want you to take off your shoes. It was an invitation. When you go to someone's house that cares about their house, unless they have wood floor, hard floor, they will say, take off your shoes and come on in. At least that's what my mama used to say. Amen. We'd try to be ninjas and get away with wearing our shoes through the house. And we'd try to move through because we didn't want to go through all that work of slipping them off and then having to put them back on. Amen. He was inviting him into his presence. Going to ask you to go back to Pharaoh and to Pharaoh's house and go back to Egypt. But first, I want you to experience my house. Now, there was a basketball player I remember when I was a kid. See if I can say his name right. Dikembe Mutombo. And he would say, not in my house. Amen. God was saying, I want you to get a taste of my house so that when you go back to Pharaoh's house, it ain't going to seem as imposing as it used to seem anymore. Amen. So you, you get those shoes off, all of what you've accumulated, all the things you walked through. Amen. All of that, you don't track that into my house. You leave that outside. The only thing that matters in here, amen, is you and me. Amen. A powerful God and a willing vessel that will let God call them to the task at hand. Amen. I'm telling you, when you come into God's house, you need to leave everything out. Amen. You need to make a separation between you and the world. And there is no limitation to what God can do with your life. Amen. If you'll leave the world out and come into God's house there's an invitation that's going forth amen it's been extended for a long time the invitation to come into God's house but the only way you can come in amen is if you take off your shoes you can't track all of that in with you you can't claim to be amen a visitor in God's presence not just a visitor but an actual occupant of God's house 
Amen. If you still have your shoes on and you still have all that stuff sticking to you that doesn't belong in God's house. So there's more than just coming to a building. I'm talking about coming into the presence of God. It takes a kicking off of those shoes and walking in. Amen. Recognizing by your actions that this is special. Amen. When somebody cleans up their act, making their way into the presence of God, they are acknowledging the privilege. They are acknowledging, amen, how honored they feel and how blessed they feel to be invited into God's house. And so in that moment, when you're standing in front of a bush that is on fire but is not being consumed, it's pretty obvious something special is going on here. And God said, come on, step right close and take off your shoes. And there was no hesitation take them things off because this is something different than I have ever seen before. That's the way I felt about the kingdom of God. Amen. When God was inviting me in and said, take off your shoes. Don't track all of that in here. Amen. I recognize the privilege of the invitation. Amen. It was no problem for me, amen, to kick off all that stuff I had walked through and been a part of and say, God, I want to come in clean because I'm privileged to be here. I'm blessed to be here. Amen. Amen. And so that doesn't belong in God's house. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. Well, praise God. So Joshua, the same Exact thing happened for Joshua. Joshua also had to turn his back on something as he makes his way into the promised land. And they're espying out the land. Ten out of twelve. Amen. Not good with numbers, but I'm pretty sure that's the majority. Ten out of twelve. Said... The giants that are there are too great for us. We are like grasshoppers in our own sight. Amen. And we cannot take the land. Joshua and Caleb. I like Caleb. Caleb is, Caleb is what I aspire to be. Caleb was a stubborn. I'm going to do what I feel is right. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it type of person. Amen. That sounds like the type that fits right into that category. He that endureth until the end, the same shall be saved. I'm going to make it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Amen. Everyone can walk away. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Amen. My peers may go a different direction, but I'm going to save myself from this untoward generation. Come on, somebody. Amen. I believe we got a house full of Caleb's here. You need to stir that up inside of you. Well, praise the Lord. I'm turning my back on the opposition. I'm turning my back on doubt. I'm turning my back on fear. And Joshua and Caleb turned their back on doubt and fear and said, we refuse to just go with the flow. We're going to give the report as we saw it. And everything that God promised was there. Amen. How can we stand here and gripe when we've got grapes? Amen. Not just grapes, but I'm talking about they plucked grapes and had to have two men carry those grapes out of the promised land. You can't deny the blessings of God. You can't deny the goodness of God. You can sit around and say, I can't live for God. I can't live for God. I promise you if you want to, there are blessings in the house of God. Amen. That the world can't match. There is no substitute. Well, praise the Lord. Don't let the devil lie to you. Amen. It is not better on the backside of Jordan. You need to press into Canaan land. That's where the blessings are. You need to commit. You need to commit. Amen. The benefits in living for God come with commitment. Amen. The blessings of God come with commitment. Amen. Moses found his true calling when he committed to be a child of God over an Egyptian. Joshua, amen, he discovered all of God's promises came into, amen, fruition in his life because he refused to bow to doubt and fear and committed to the purpose at hand. 
Amen. Caleb was 80-something years old right there with Joshua. Amen. And he said, I was half the age I am now when the promise came to me, but I'm just as strong today as I was back then. You know what that is? That's commitment. Amen. If God finds you committed, there is nothing that can stop you. God loves it when somebody says, I am all in. I'm all in. Amen. We live in a non-committal generation on every front, on every front. Amen. Marriage, work, sometimes education, family, friendships, non-committal. If there's ever anything you've ever committed yourself to in your entire life, you need to commit yourself to living for God. You need to commit yourself to living for God. Don't just be on the fringes and watch other people soak up all the goodies. Come on, somebody. Amen. I don't want to just come to church and be a spectator and watch other people dance and shout and wonder what it's all about. Amen. I want to get something for myself. Amen. I want what they've got. I want what they've got. Like on the second, second chapter of Acts. Amen. They are not drunk as you suppose. Well, whatever they've got, tell us what me must do. I want what they've got. I want to feel what they're feeling. Ah, come on, somebody. There's nothing like when you break in for yourself. When you just give in and commit to God and let God have his way in your life, there's no greater joy. There's no greater peace. Somebody clap your hands if you know what I'm talking about right now. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You're going to serve somebody. Not me. I do my own thing. Amen. I've prayed for talked to, taught Bible studies to, preached to a lot of people that said, I'm going to do my own thing. And they didn't understand at all what is true in the spirit world is you are serving someone. You're serving someone. You were not meant to be without, amen, a divine figure in your life. We were created, amen, to be in communion with God. You were meant to walk beside. You were meant to be led. You were meant to be instructed. Well, praise the Lord. It was when man stepped out, he was a served the new master. And the Bible said he was a snake. He was a snake and he beguiled. Amen. He corrupted her. He fooled her. Well, praise the Lord. I don't want a master that tells me everything's good and in the end, amen, I'm going to pay with my life. I want a God that brings me life and life more abundant. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I don't want to pay with my life. I want to gain life and life more abundant. Everybody in this building is serving one of two masters. And the Bible said you can only serve one of the two. And whichever one you are serving, you are clinging to. Every preacher, when they preach the word of God, are met with clingers. Some are clinging to God. They may have just begun that process and are all in. Or while you're preaching to them, they show their response that they're clinging to something else altogether. Well, praise the Lord. I've watched them. Some get up and say, that's right. When they see, amen, what the preacher's preaching in the word of God, they acknowledge it and they say, I want it in my life and they cling. Amen, the adversary's trying to pull on them. Amen, peer pressure, family. Amen, all of that trying to pull on them. But they cling to the master that they love. Well, praise the Lord. I want to be one of those. I want to be one of those. Amen, Joshua said you need to cleave to him. Amen, you need to get tangled up with God. You need to make a commitment to God there's no better life to live and clinging to God and so these great leaders and every leader is going to do this your man of God is going to do this and he does this choose every message comes with a choice just like every Happy Meal comes with a toy. Praise God. 
Every message made some folks hungry right there. I'm sorry about that. Amen. Every message comes with a choice. And this, this preacher named Moses said, choose. This preacher said, named Joshua said, choose and don't worry about it. I'm not exempting myself. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All of Israel knew that Moses had made a choice to leave, forsake Egypt, and cling to the God of Israel. Amen. It's a choice. I'm watching the door in the back of this building. That door lets you in and it lets you out. I had an elder one time told me, he said, the church can be like a city bus. Some folks get on, some folks get off. Amen. He said, our job is to try to get more on than are getting off. It's a choice. That's why. That's why. Because it is a choice. Nobody's making me be here. No, nobody, amen, has threatened me or blackmailed me and said, you got to stay in church or else. I weighed my options. I looked at the two masters, and they both have a history and a reputation. Amen. And I, I weighed not only that, but I weighed what the result's going to be in the long run. That's called an investment. Where's this going to get me? I look down the road, amen, and serving God on the one hand brings me life and life more abundant, amen, but serving the adversary of my soul, he does not come but for to steal and kill and destroy. Moses said, choose life, choose life, amen. What's the choice set before us in the house of God on this Tuesday night? It is life or death. It is a blessing or a curse. Choose life that's a pretty good sales pitch brother you could sell some cars if you could truly tell them it's a life or death decision you need this Mazda <laughs> in the day you walk away from it you will surely die I met some salesmen that were pretty close to that amen they were pretty emphatic about what they were doing that commission was talking to him. Praise God. Amen. Moses is getting, what kind of a thing is it to have such an obvious decision? Woo. There's a God that's so badly that he'll put men among men. And anoint them night after night and use them up and spend their energy and their strength and their health, amen, their health to get up in a pulpit night after night. And not only say you have a choice, but to encourage you and compel you, make the right choice. You want to live for God because it's the only living there is. You want to serve God because you'll never have a better master. Amen. I promise you today the best decision you can ever make in your life is I'm going to live for God. I am going to commit. Amen. I don't want to be on the fringes any longer. I want to walk with him, live for him. Ah, oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Amen. You come, you're enjoying the music, you're enjoying the atmosphere. If you really want to know what apostolic's all about and why we're so excited, amen, and why we worship so emphatically, amen, I, it comes with commitment. It came with commitment. Amen. The true experience comes when you commit. Commit. Wild West, it was a rule that when you came into a room, you never sat with your back to the door. Amen. Wild Bill Hickok did. They said it was a habit of his to never sit with his back to the door. One day he got a little comfortable somewhere and wound up dead. Jesse James lived his whole life watching, looking. I've been to some of his hideouts. Boy, he always had his back to the wall watching. He got a little comfortable with a man who a song written about him said he was a coward. And Jesse James decided to do a little bit of decorating at the house and straighten a picture out on the wall. And somebody walked up behind him, supposed to be his friend, shot him and killed him. 
sitting with their back to the door. But our Bible tells us in living for God that to peer out the door lends to death. That what is waiting outside of the doors, all the world has to offer, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life, these things lead to sin. And the, and the end, the wages of sin is death. And you find people in the house of God, blessings all around them, joy all around them, peering out the door, not quite having a made-up mind. Eve, you got all this territory in here where there's plenty, everything you could ever want. Just stay away from that tree. Eve turns her back to all the blessings that God had provided for them. Ample supply of everything they needed and can't get her eyes off the tree until it starts looking good for food. Abner has found safety. Finds himself looking out at possibilities imagined in his head and accepts the invitation of an arch enemy. And the Bible said he died as a fool. Amen. Samson is a champion empowered by God with physical strength like no man could match. Talking about a man that could take the gates off of a city. Not, not your dog fence in your backyard. I'm talking the gates of a city meant for defense. And he put them on his back and just started walking up a hill. He was whooping the enemy, piling them up without any effort hardly at all. But then the Bible said he saw somebody that he shouldn't have been looking at. Somebody that lived a different life than he lived. Someone that was going to pull him into sin. Someone that was going to entice him to his death. And he looked and he couldn't get his. The, the father who cared about him said, come on, you need to look back where your eyes belong. And he couldn't get his eyes off. Something he should have never been looking at. Well, praise the Lord, somebody. Achan is involved in one of the greatest victories, biblically speaking. He can't get his eyes off the spoil that belongs to God because they didn't win the city. God did. And he couldn't get his eyes off of what was shiny and pretty. Amen. And he got himself in trouble. He and his family paid with their life for looking the wrong direction. Then I want to talk to you about Asaph. I hope you'll hear me today. I feel a burden. Brother Williams can probably understand this. I drove all the way down here. It was about four and a half hours for me to get here driving. And my mind was in one direction the whole entire trip. I pulled into Fort Myers. I was a little bit earlier than I told your, your bishop that I would be. And I drove around town and I could not get my mind off of this. I don't know who I'm here to preach to today, but I promise you, God has his eyes on some folks today, and he's wanting you to commit to him. Brother Kreider would have rather preached the other message. I was excited to preach that message, but I'm more excited because I know this is the will of God. Amen. And I may have to sweat a little bit more, and I may have to push a little bit harder, but if I can get one person to commit, uh, amen, step in with both feet and cleave to God, amen, it'll be worth it today. It is the will of God that someone that's still trying to make up their mind steps in and lets the adversary know it's over. It's over. I'm not listening any longer. There's nothing you have that I desire. This is it for me. I'm committed. Asaph is the worship leader in the house of God. And he said, my foot was almost gone. Now hear me, please. Gone, the word gone means to be turned away. So we see him almost. He's turned just enough to where... He's still aware and looking into the church, but he's also, he's in a place of decision. He's almost turned away. And then he tells us what the results would have been. He said, my foot 
had well nigh slipped. When I looked up the definition of that word, it means to be spilt forth as water. You know what you do when you take a dollar and fifty bottle that you got at the local convenience store of Dasani or Fiji water and you dump it on the ground? What did you just do? You wasted it. And he said, my decision, if I would have made the wrong one. He said, I was almost turned away. And if I would have went that way, I would have been spilled forth like water. I would have wasted my life. There was a young man we call the prodigal son. You know what the word prodigal means? It means waster. And he wasn't just almost gone. He said, I'm leaving. And he went out and wasted all the opportunity that had been handed to him through his father's inheritance. He wasted. And Asaph said, I was almost going to waste my life. But then... He turned his back to the door and went into the sanctuary of God, a place created for an atmosphere, all that was trying to entangle him and tantalize him outside of those doors. He's free from it for a moment. And he is given the revelation of the end thereof. I got caught up in the moment. I got caught up in the right now. Wasn't as excited about being in church as I should have been. Wasn't as committed to living for God as I should have been. And I gave some of my time to look out and see the world. But then I came in and found out that if I do that, I'm going to waste this opportunity I have called life. Everybody breathe in and breathe out. God gave you that breath. That's why the Bible said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And I don't want to waste one of my breaths going out, amen, and serving an adversary that wants to kill me, amen, wants to destroy my life, wants to rob me of all the blessings of God, amen, I want to commit to God, amen, and enjoy his benefits and his blessings. Well, praise the Lord. I want to get in with both feet. The word cleave, we think it means to grab a hold of and hold on to. And that is one definition of that word. But there's a word that comes off of that word. And the word is enclave. And an enclave is, I'll give you a quick example. It would be like if Canada owned Kansas. There's a part of Canada right in the middle, surrounded by another country, but it belongs to Canada. In other words, to be an enclave or to really cleave or a past tense clave, it means to get into, not just wrap yourself around. A lot of folks want to hug church. They want to come, I like this, this is good, I want to be close to this. Amen. God doesn't want you just to be around. Amen. God wants you to get right big in the big middle of everything he's got going on. That's what Cleveland's all about. Amen. I want to get into the sanctuary. I want to get into the kingdom of God. I want to get into truth. I want to get into the work of God. Come on, somebody. God's calling somebody right now. Amen. God's calling you. He's got such good things waiting for you. Now he's got, amen, just a moment to wait for you to commit. And then God's going to start showing you why you needed to commit. God's going to show you why it was a good choice. I don't want to waste my life in noncommittal. I don't want to make that decision and turn away and have my life spilt forth like water. I want to go into the kingdom. I want to commit to the kingdom. 
I want to turn my back to the door. There's nothing out there for me. Amen. It's a decision I'm making. No longer in that place of indecision, back and forth. Amen. But I'm making a choice today. I'm going to serve God with my back to the door. Amen. I don't need anything the world has to offer. Everything I need is in the house of God. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Listen to these wonderful blessings. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And here's why. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to commit to him. That's why I can say he's my shepherd, because I'm not going anywhere. Where he leads, I will follow. Amen. I'm going to trust his protection. I'm going to trust that he's going to take care of me. I'm going to trust that it's worth it. Can I read one more scripture to you and we're done? The same psalmist. I see him kind of as the Old Testament John. John had that loving relationship, that close Intimate relationship with God. And David had the same. He said, how amiable are thy tabernacles. Place God dwells. How amiable. That word means lovable. You can fall head over heels in love with the presence of God. The house of God. He said, the house of God is lovable, O Lord of hosts. Following down in that passage of Scripture for the sake of time, he said, blessed are they. That word blessed means happy. Turn to your neighbor and say happy. Everybody's chasing happy. It's one of our inalienable rights, the pursuit of happiness. When we find true happiness, we get life. We get liberty in the pursuit of true happiness. When I find the presence of God, listen to this. He said happiness comes with a commitment. If you want to know true happiness, you need to commit to living for God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. I love this, Brother Williams. He said, they will still be praising thee. You can find them on a Tuesday night after a day of work. Amen. After a year full of COVID and nonsense, they're still going to be praising you. Because where I get my happiness, the world can't take it from me. Amen. It comes from my commitment to God. And nothing can break that cord bound together. Amen. I am in the yoke with him. I'm learning of him. Amen. I've got an easy life living for God. He's taking care of me. They will still be praising you, God, every day. How can they praise you every day? Because they're committed to living for you. Going down just a few verses farther in that same chapter. For a day in the courts of the Lord is better than a thousand. I don't have a door up here I can get to real easy, but this is the door. David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house 
than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. In other words, to have free roam in everything the world has to offer. Hey Amen. He said, I'd rather, you know what a doorkeeper was? He was that guy that was at the door that said, come on in, give me your sandals. He put them aside and washed the feet of the guest. Usher them into the house and then go stand back by the door waiting for the next person to come in. He was the least among everybody in the house. But he was in the house. Whoa! I'm not looking for opulence. I'm not working for some high and mighty position. Amen. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. When the prodigal son came home, he said, make me a servant. I just want to be in my father's house. I just want to be here and stay here. I'd rather be a doorkeeper. As long as I'm in the house. Just for a moment, would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? This isn't just a sermon today. This is a message from God for somebody in this place. Come on, Asaph, it's time to turn the right way. Don't be almost turned away. Don't be lukewarm. Let's get on fire living for God. Amen. Let's commit to this thing. Let's go into the sanctuary. Let's press into the presence of God. There's already some who've come and began, amen, to make their commitment to God. I wonder today, amen, if there's anybody in the house that would lift your hand and say, I want to be more committed than I've ever been to living for God. Amen. If you're here today and you've never committed, I want somebody to lift their hand and say, I want to commit right now. All you got to do is come down to this altar. Confess and forsake your sins. Amen. The word repentance literally means to turn your back to the world. Come on to this altar and turn your back on the door and make up your mind, I'm going to serve God. God, forgive me for my sins. I'm confessing it. I'm forsaking it. I choose God. Come on, somebody. Talk to him today. He's been calling you. Let him hear your voice right now. Withholding nothing. The great God of the heavens has been calling you. Let him hear.